0: What is up, guys? Combat Addict here. Welcome to another edition of My Mouth Does the Talking. And uh, if you're new to this channel, uh, just so you know, there are three kinds of videos we do here. We do a regular podcast where I talk about whatever I want. That's this podcast. There's the Combat Review, which is an MMA podcast focused mainly on the UFC that gets done usually on Wednesdays. And then there are uh, creative videos, fight reviews, fight predictions, uh, fighter profiles that are shorter, like 10 minute kind of videos. Uh, So enjoy all of that. Uh, But today we're just going to be talking about stuff that I thought about this week because that's what this podcast is for. Um... I, mean, I guess we could just jump right into it. I was thinking, I was having a conversation with my friend earlier this week. And she said something like TikTok fame is a joke. Because I think we were talking about being famous. And she was like, I could never be famous because I don't have any skills or, you know. Something to contribute to society. And I said, well, you know, because she's got like a lizard, you know, and she's really into animals and stuff. And I was like, well, you could be like a lizard influencer, right? Even though that that word or that set of words sounds strange, lizard influencer, sounds like you're influencing lizards. But I told her, I was like, you could be like a lizard influencer. You could be like a YouTuber or Instagram star has a bunch of different lizards and animals and stuff and that's how you could be fame. you could be like a like a like a like a tiktok superstar or something you know what I mean like there are kids on tiktok who are famous for much less than doing that and then she said tiktok fame is a joke and the truth is that statement, I understand why she's saying it. And it, it had something to do, I believe, with the fact that if you're TikTok famous, you don't really do anything. Or at least this is the idea. If you're TikTok famous, you just kind of... You just kind of dance around. Uh, and, and it's to music that you didn't make or create. And... Uh, that's your job all day to dance or to be funny in some way that usually isn't entirely all that funny outside of the context of TikTok. There are some people who are on TikTok from what I've seen who say things that are kind of funny. But that wouldn't be funny if I like went to a show to see it. Like if I paid money to go see a TikToker. I don't think I'd laugh. I just, I think that the context of that quick dopamine hit inside of TikTok sort of makes them funnier. Because outside of it, you realize that they're not a professional comedian who actually has to go through the process of making jokes work. They can just put something out that's not really that funny and people will like it just because they're a TikToker. That doesn't require any work. (laughs) Basically, is the point, I think. Sorry, I got something weird in my mouth. Um, and I think this is, like, the idea behind TikTok fame is a joke. I think that's why she said that. But the truth is, fame is fame. And I think that we, as a community, have a sort of envy that is very unhealthy If we think that someone has a lot of fame or notoriety, wealth, success based on something that we deem to be like devoid of work, we're angry about it. Like we resent them for it on some level. And I feel like I feel like people don't want to admit that you're you're almost It's not that you're almost jealous of the TikToker, but you're just upset that they could be so successful for doing what they do. When in reality, there's no reason for you to be upset by that or to think it's undeserved. Because the truth is, it's not easy, I imagine, to be a TikToker. I mean... Separate and aside from doing TikToking, I'm assuming that they're doing interviews and signings and traveling all the time. That job, TikToking, is actually probably not as easy as people might think it is. Not only that, you have to be interesting every day. All the time. You can't not be interesting. Like, you guys who even watch these videos, there's about four or five of you, thank you very much. You guys who actually listen to me talk and and watch these videos, how often am I actually putting out my shorter, more, more refined videos? Like every two weeks, maybe, maybe I'll do two weeks in a row if I'm feeling really gung ho. The last video I did about Charles Oliveira came out over a week ago. I'm probably going to do a video about Jared Cannonier halfway through this week. I have the luxury as somebody who isn't famous for doing you know what i do where i can just kind of do it on my own time i can just be interesting when i feel like it tiktokers do not have that luxury that's a job to be interesting or to to have something to say every day all the time think about how many times and this has happened to me and maybe i'm just a boring person maybe i just suck but think about how many times you've been in a friendship or a relationship or whatever, and all of the stories and all of the interesting things about you and them have been said. You've said it all already. Separate and aside from going and experiencing things with that person, you have already fleshed out who they are as an individual. You even have a, you even have a good grasp of their, of their flaws, their pros and their cons after a point your conversations just aren't the same you can't come up with with what you what you could before tiktokers have to do that with an entire audience of millions of people they have to somehow find a way to drag people in to their personality day in and day out endlessly that sucks and then you have to think about like the fact that they have to do new dances, all the time. Dancing is like okay, look, let me tell you something. I, I look, I can dance, free form, freestyle, but to have to choreograph, I I hate choreography. I cannot stand it. I had to do choreography once in my life. For for, a bunch of. Or not a bunch of, but, uh, like, you know how in, uh, college or university, they'll have welcome week for the first years that come along. So I had to do choreography for, uh, uh, one of the groups that was welcoming these first years. We were trying to do a dance off for these, um, students as a form of entertainment, right? And thinking of choreography... Was so hard for me to do. Thinking of stuff that would meld together nicely, I couldn't do it. I can learn a dance move, but to string a bunch of dance moves together and then be in unison with the whole squad—that is something that is not that does not come easily to me. Okay, I couldn't even think of like a full dance routine, or of a, a, a five minutes. I couldn't even think of a dance routine of like two minutes. Okay. These people are thinking of dance routines every single day, endlessly. Maybe not every single day, but just a lot. That requires some amount of creativity and hard work. Like, it does. Because I'm sure that there are days where they get up and they're like, I don't want to (laughs) dance. Not everybody wants to dance every day of their life. But they do it and then on top of all of that they have to deal with the fact that they are famous. And they have to they have to, you know, deal with the public eye and paparazzi and speaking with with interviewers and all like that's a job. That's a job, man. And I don't know if I'm just trying to be like the uh the 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 woke adult in the room, but I just see it as I just see it that way. I just see it as something much more difficult than than people give them credit for, you know? Especially at that age. Was I, you know, some of them are like, how old? Like 18, 17, 16 years old? At 16, what was I do? Not that. I was not doing what they're doing. Hell no. This is the start of their career, man. They're going to be doing much bigger things in the future. I assure you. TikTok is not where they're, where they're, Where their lot ends up in this life. This is a starting block. And they're young. You know? When I was 16, I couldn't even handle that amount of fame. There's just no way. 18, couldn't handle that. No way. I was just a crappy human being. And... And... I couldn't even be famous. Because enough people wouldn't like me that there would just be no way. Alright? So... I don't know, man. Leave the TikTokers alone. That that That's what I say. That's what I say. Which my friend agreed with, by the way. I had a shorter version of this conversation with her. And she agreed. She was like, yeah, no, you know what? Okay, yeah, I get it. Like, there's a lot. There is some work when it goes into it. I respect that. That was just a thought that I had, though. You know. You know, speaking of uh, TikTokers and celebrity and everything like that. I was also thinking that celebrity crushes are probably one of the worst things that you could deal with. If you've ever had a celebrity crush, you know it sucks. And I think I've pinned down the reason that it sucks. I had a crush, celebrity crush, on Daisy Ridley, okay? I don't know why. I watched Star Wars movies for years. You know, I watched the seventh one when it came out, the eighth one when it came out. But for some reason, in the last, last edition of the Star Wars franchise up to this date, episode eight, I became infatuated with Daisy Ridley. I'm talking, I was listening to all of her interviews. I was trying to find her on podcasts. I followed a subreddit dedicated to daisy ridley and her beautiful face i was in love with this woman i like i I mean i i just i didn't even know her but i felt connected to her in a way where it was like i i need to be with daisy ridley now i knew you know deep down in the back of my mind that i'm not actually going to ever get to be with daisy ridley But there's always this this part of you that longs and hopes for that individual. And that's the part that's frustrating, right? That's the part that you wish that you could get rid of. Because the the truth is that is the part that is watching all of these in-depth interviews. I mean, interviews are so in-depth now, right? So this part of yourself that is longing for this individual It isn't longing for no reason. I mean, the fact that a GQ interview exists or a Vanity Fair interview exists where you can literally go into the home of Daisy Ridley if you want, or her hotel room or wherever and get a proper understanding of her personality, that that intensifies the longing that this part of you has so much more than it would 10 years ago because we didn't have anything like that. If you had a celebrity crush years ago, what you probably had was this superficial version of a crush that was based clearly and, you know, is solely on the way that the person looked, which is sort of kind of what celebrity crushes are now, too. But there's a level of it that's deepened now. It's deeper because I can know things about Daisy Ridley that I otherwise wouldn't have known about her 10 years ago without, like, actually talking to her or reading a bunch of stuff about her. I can learn almost everything about Daisy Ridley in like 20 minutes. Give me like a day and I'll know almost everything about her. That's the part of this that's really creepy and weird because then you don't really just have a crush on somebody because of the way that they look. You have a crush on a personality and that that is so powerful that is so powerful and so insatiable in the sense that if you had a crush on a person in real, just real everyday life, you know what I mean? And I say in real life because the truth is, in reality, Daisy Ridley doesn't exist in my life. She's not real to me. I mean, I might see her on a, a, a movie screen or a TV screen or something like that. But the truth is, she doesn't exist in my orbit. I will never interact with her, ever. Like, she doesn't exist in that if I had never watched Star Wars, I wouldn't even know who she is. So so truly, truly this person is like completely absent and they could be CGI'd into every single film that you've ever watched and you would never know the difference. That is how unreal they are to you but somebody who you have a crush on in real life, regular everyday life, at the very least is somebody who you can, I don't know, see even if you can't be with them for for one reason or the other. If you can't, you know, hold them or hug them or kiss them or whatever, you can talk to them most likely and maybe through doing that get rid of of the 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 feelings that you have. You know what I mean? Or or better deal with the feelings that you have. You can't do that with a celebrity. You can't do that. So it's wholly an unsatisfied set of feelings. You can't even talk to them. You can't even look at them in everyday life, like in front of your eyes. You just have your, you know, weird animal brain, right? Fixated on on, on some individual on your screen it's like oh this is this is this is an a living object that i've i've fixated on i've imprinted on this object now why why can't i need to satiate must satiate insert longing insert longing why isn't it satiating insert longing that's what your monkey brain is doing trying to get you to interact with daisy ridley Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not an evolutionary biologist. The point is that you have no way to satisfy this, this urge other than to do what? Just watch more of Daisy Ridley. Just find as much Daisy Ridley as you can and indulge it. Listen to every single one of her interviews over and over again. Play as many different ones as you can. Look at her face in in all of the pictures you you can get your hands on. And that's the most that you can do. And even then, you're still looking directly at a flat screen. So you're just painfully aware of the fact that you are not going to be anything or get anywhere near Daisy Ridley. And that is why celebrity crushes suck. That's why they're awful. That is why they're awful. I mean, I'm over it now. I I, I imagine that I don't have a celebrity crush on Daisy Ridley anymore. If somebody asked me to name my celebrity crush, it would still be Daisy Ridley. But I don't, like, feel anything anymore. I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, she's pretty nice. Right? If I met her in real life one day... That would be cool. I really don't know how that would go though because I, 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 I don't I'm I'm trying to get better about meeting people and it's it's not it's not a uh, strong suit yet, but I'm sure that one day I will figure it out. Um, that'd be interesting. But hey, uh, that's a question for you guys. If you had a celebrity crush and you met them, what would you say? What would you do? Would you want to meet them? Why or why not? You know, let me know in the uh, in the comments or message me on my social media. The Combat Addict, no spaces. That's the handle on Twitter and Instagram. But we don't have Snapchat because we don't do that. We don't do that here. So yeah, uh, give me give me some messages if you want give me some messages um you know i'm trying not to talk out loud anymore i'm doing it to this camera right now but i think i want this to be the only occasion on which i do that because you know you think to yourself Sometimes I will think to myself, but I'll actually say the words that I'm thinking, right? Um, I find that actually, interestingly enough, talking helps me to get my thoughts out. So I'm not sure what that's about, but actually speaking out loud can help me to get to the bottom of an issue or make a decision. If I don't speak about it at all, or, or, or ponder it at all to myself, verbally then sometimes i don't account for every everything that i should however effective this tactic is i think that it would be better if i didn't speak out loud as much and i don't know if any of you do this but i'm going to tell you why i think you should stop speaking out loud right now i think that if you speak out loud in order to process a situation or, or think something through Effectively what you're doing. I, I believe is substituting mental dialogue for verbal dialogue and The truth is in most situations in life. You're gonna have to use mental dialogue instead. That's the truth. You're not going to be by yourself all the time and able to just talk to yourself. You know what I mean? Quietly or whatever. Like, you're going to have to think sometimes. Like, I don't know, maybe you're writing a test or something like that. Or maybe you're around a bunch of people and you don't want to, you know, freak them all out by by trying to think something through. Right? Obviously, you wouldn't do that. Like, you're not just going to start talking to yourself around a bunch of people. But my point is, if you do that on your own sometimes... Effectively, you're making yourself worse at mental dialogue because you aren't doing it enough. So you aren't practicing something, right? Not only that, I find that when you do like your mental dialogue instead. You're calmer and you have insights that insights that you might not have if you just if you just spoke out loud. And I know that sounds like a contradiction because of what I said earlier, but I'm just remembering right now that a lot of the times, sometimes thinking something through just on your own without, you know, speaking at all can allow certain, I mean, it sounds, it sounds weird, like a, like a vision, but like premonitions to come to you that otherwise wouldn't come to you. And you have to do some of this thinking in quiet some of the time you have to do this thinking like, like if you got, if you've got a decision that you've got to make, right? You've got a decision that you got to make and you've got like two days to make it. Take five minutes to sit down. And if you want to like externalize your thoughts on a piece of paper, you can do that too. But take like a couple of minutes, sit down and actually just think. And I mean, really like, just like, don't move. Don't move. Don't, don't look around the room. I mean, you might be able to look around the room, but don't move, just chill. Don't eat anything. Don't listen to music. Just sit for five minutes and think about this decision that you're gonna make. Cause I find that we're making these decisions, or at least me, some of the times I'm making my decisions on the fly. Oh, I'm just making this decision now. I'm just doing this. Oh, you know what? I'll have to make that decision in two days. Oh, we'll just deal with it then. And it's only after you make the decision that you realize that there was a better decision and that's always the worst that always sucks like when you when you have the option or had the option to get something better for yourself opportunity cost wise right it always hurts more because now you have to deal with the fact that you you lost something essentially When you didn't really lose anything, you know, I mean, or I mean, hopefully you didn't lose anything, but say there was just a better option or something like that. You didn't lose anything other than the opportunity. Say that you gained by making the decision either way, but if you had thought about it, you could have gained more. Technically, you didn't lose anything, but it still feels like a loss because it's always, oh, I could have had this. Right? Right and i find that like a lot of the time the best decision that i could make is a decision that i make when i just sit and think about it just sit and think about like well what 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 should you do here right instead of just speaking out loud to myself or making a quick decision based on what my words what my words say rather than what my head is saying and going with that Not only that though, if you talk to yourself like every once in a while, not like in a crazy way where you're having like a, like a full on dialogue with somebody who doesn't exist, but like if you're actually just, you know, just thinking out loud for whatever reason, you know, like you're walking out, sometimes I'll be walking around and I'll say today is a good day, (laughs) which is like an ice cube reference. But I'll, like I'll just I'll be just like today is a good day and I am thankful that today is a good day. Like sometimes I'll just say something like that. Um. If you do that, then what you might also do is ruminate negatively and positively. I'll say even though a positive rumination isn't I don't think is really a rumination. Um. But. What it'll do is it will take up your brain space because you'll be talking so you can't be thinking at the same time, really, about anything else other than what you're saying, right? Unless you're in some weird trance where your mouth is moving and your brain has nothing to do with it and you're thinking while, you know, your mouth is just doing this weird trance thing. But I guess what I'm trying to say is speaking out loud... Like if you're upset about something and you're like ranting to yourself or you're just having a good day and you're just being goofy and silly to yourself, right? While it's good to, you know, have a good time with yourself every once in a while, if you just feel like happy or whatever and you want to sing or you want to, you know, just like, I don't know, make a funny, make, make a funny voice or something like that. You know what I mean? If you do that too much, you're taking up the bandwidth. And I, I, I'm using that term, but I really don't even actually know what it is now that I'm thinking about it. I think it's just like space for use, bandwidth of your of your of your mind. And it's like those are the moments when you don't have to be talking where you think things that are like good to think. Or that you'll remember things that you have to do. If you're just like talking to yourself or talking out loud or whatever frequently enough, you won't have those moments. And the opportunity to remember something, a task or whatever else, was negated by rumination of something cruddy that happened that day or something like that. So my advice to you would be to try to limit the amount of time you spend talking out loud unless somebody is directly talking to you. If you're like me and sometimes you just like to talk out loud because you like to talk out loud, try to limit that. That's what I would say. Um, I'm realizing that... And this is like, this is like all about perspective after a certain point. But... There are days when I don't particularly mind my job. And there are days when I'm like, man, you know what? I am tired. (laughs) I am sick of this. And I find that on the days when I don't particularly mind my job, there are some things that are true about my behaviors and on days where i am sick of my job there are things that are true in my behaviors and we'll start with the with with me being sick of my sick of my my job on that one particular day right usually on that day my brain's not fully on for one reason or another either i haven't gotten the sleep that i'm supposed to not because i don't try to get the sleep, but because, you know, things happen, you can't sleep, or you wake up early, and you didn't mean to, something like that, um, I feel as if, uh, there's an exceedingly busy work day, uh, and I feel like, that what I do or what I'm doing is maybe uh, redundant. Those are the days where time moves like a snail. You guys all know what I'm talking about. On those days, an hour is like three hours. It's so bad. You like you don't even want to check the time anymore because you know that you're not anywhere even close to being you know at your break or your lunch or whatever. And this was particularly bad when I worked retail at um, at a grocery store. Even worse when I worked fast food. That was like, oh my god. I mean, you couldn't even, you couldn't even make time go slower than that. That was, that was temporal torture is what that was. Because, especially in fast food, you got to stand the whole shift. You don't sit unless you're counting money. And that only happens at the end of the shift. So you got to understand, like, this is like, this is like eight hours You'd be working on your feet. Eight hours you're working on your feet. And you got lunch rushes and breakfast rushes and dinner rushes. And you got to keep track of a million different orders. And depending on the day, it's busy all day. Right? And what you're doing is the same thing over and over and over again. It's the same burger orders. It's the same... It's the same items that you gotta restock. It's the same thing again and again and again. In a job like that, where you have a repetitive, sort of uncomfortable situation because my feet are particularly flat, so I think that it affects my lower back. I had lower back discomfort. Um, it Time really, really goes slowly. But I find that, especially because I have a really good job now. My job now is great. Um, I got nothing to complain about with my job. Like, my job is honestly the best job that I could have gotten. Honestly, the best job that I could have gotten with my with my uh, uh, set of skills at the moment. And in terms of work-life balance, in terms in terms of everything. My job is like the best job I could have gotten. Uh, so I have nothing to complain about about my job. My job is great. Um, but on those days where inevitably, you, you know, for whatever reason, just aren't feeling up to it, I find that what helps is so simple. You wouldn't believe it. It's literally just sitting sitting up, sitting up and being like okay let's do this not just going to work but being there for work for the work to work and enjoying the process of contributing to um the company that you work for and trying to help in every way that you can that attitude is it. If you are ever feeling like, oh, I just, I just can't, you know what I mean? What you need to do is just embrace your job. That's it. When you do that, you realize that your job is not, not tiring or or bad at all. It's not. the The, the truth of the matter is, it's really, it's really your perspective. And a lot of people will say. Oh, that's just, oh, you're just, you're just being a, a, a kiss ass now. That's like, you know what I mean? That's just, you know, that's something that you would say to your, your manager or your boss or your teacher or professor or whatever, whatever set of work that you're doing. Right. But the truth is, man, um, if you didn't work, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. If I gave you one year where you didn't have to work at all, you know, uh, Eventually, you'd be bored. Eventually, you'd be bored. <laughs> um, and so, the thought, the thought I guess I'm trying to get to is that uh, what you need to do is accept and realize that work is not keeping you from the enjoyment of life or something like that. Right? If you're the kind of person that thinks, oh, you know, that's just whatever propaganda that the people in power would push it towards you, it's really not, man. It's really like work is a part of your life for a reason. Work is a part of your life for a reason, man. And I mean, I will, I will acquiesce. Perhaps your job is repetitive. Perhaps your job objectively, people would argue, isn't that exciting. But your attitude towards the job that you have dictates completely how quickly that, that workday goes. Completely. Because if you're just turned on and your focus is just the work, you don't have time to worry about what time it is or how long you've been there or anything like that. You're not worried about when your next break is or anything. You're you're literally just, I'm on. I'm on. And um. I guess I'm saying this to say, if there's anything in your life that you feel like that about, that's just dragging you, you feel like it's dragging you down, try to embrace it. Just try to embrace it. Especially if it's something that you're not going to be able to get away from, man. If you're not gonna be able to get away from it, just try to embrace it. I guarantee you, you'll feel better about it. And even if just for a little while, you'll at least feel better about it for a little while. So that's my advice to all of you who are just looking at the clock. You know, If you're looking at the clock, that means you got time to look at the clock. right? If you're just working, And trying to work and doing what you need to be doing you won't be worried about that now that's not to say that you don't need a break every once in a while Uh, if you've ever gave it a real busy day don't don't get me wrong man take your breaks take your lunches you know what I mean don't don't do the reading that night you know what I'm saying maybe study tomorrow whatever it is but But, uh, when you're in there, man, just be on, just be on. That's the best way. Cause honestly, you'll feel better about yourself and you'll feel better about the day. When you're crushing it at work, you feel good. That's just the truth. Like no matter what you want to say, that's true. You always feel good. If you crush it at work, when somebody recognizes you at work, you feel good. There's gotta be a reason for that, man, and and I, I I don't know what it is other than just to say being productive, feeling useful. That's important to us. I I think that uh, I think that my my friend uh, somebody who used to be a friend of mine had said that, and this is this isn't you know. I don't, I don't purport this belief system. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying this is true. It could be true. But he said that someone told him that women need to feel cherished and men need to feel needed. And that's talking about the way that, you know, women and men treat each other. But I think that people generally want to feel needed for sure. Like you're important on some level. You're doing something good on some level. You are contributing to something. Even if what you're contributing to is repetitive or objectively boring or whatever you want to call it. The fact that you are the one contributing to this thing and that without you, that thing doesn't get done. That means something to people. And I think that if you indulge that part of yourself, engage that part of yourself. You'll you'll be you'll feel better about what you do. So that's my advice to you. That being said, even if none of that made any sense to you and you think that it's all malarkey, please, please don't complain. Just don't do it. Don't complain about anything. I'm talking about anything. I'm like I'm literally. When people say the words can't complain, you're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's Thursday, can't complain, or whatever. And that's just like that way people talk. I take that very seriously. I'm like, no, you're so right. We should not complain about anything. Just don't complain. Complaining solves nothing. It doesn't solve anything. Complaining doesn't do anything. If you have... A complaint, like somebody's done something wrong and you're trying to get like retribution, like a, like, a, like, like, a, like a, you know, for an act that was done to you or to somebody else, that's different. But if you are complaining, just stop. Because let me ask you something. Complaining feels good and bad, doesn't it? When you complain, you feel pretty good and you feel like pretty crappy at the same time. No. Am I the only one that feels this? If I've complained about something or I'm complaining about some something and someone's listening to me, I don't feel like good about the fact that I'm complaining. It's like when you get. When you get angry, it's like, it feels good to be angry a little bit, but nobody wants to be very, very angry, right? That's kind of what it's like. And it's different if you got like a situation, like if you've got a genuinely like difficult, difficult, um, situation and the situation is just not getting better and you don't know what to do and you need advice and you're talking to somebody about it. That's not really the kind of complaining I'm talking about. I'm talking about like. I mean on the topic of jobs right. If you were to say something like. Oh well you know. It's Monday. So we're going to get a billion calls. And I'm going to have to deal with them all. And blah, blah blah blah. That's what I'm talking about. The woe is me complaining. The complaining that has nothing to do with people who are really, you know, outside of yourself affecting you and everything to do with how much your life sucks because you have a life. That is the worst kind of complaining. It's it's such negative energy. It brings so much negativity into the world that it should be banned. <laughs> I need a safe space from all of the complaining that people do. That's what I need. And and the thing is, if you if you forego the complaining, you'll feel fine. You'll feel fine. When you engage complaining, when you engage complaining, you don't feel good. You're ruminating. You feel bad. That's that's what that is. You're ruminating. You're making yourself feel worse. When you decide not to complain about something, life becomes so much more easy going. I mean, even if you've got a right to complain about something, if you just don't complain about it, you realize that it's really not a big deal. It's when you start complaining that this thing, this issue, whatever it is, is all of a sudden magnified to massive proportions of absurdity. There's, there's, there's nothing really objectively wrong that you need to speak about. It's just like, okay, well, this is a situation that doesn't need to be addressed over and over again to myself or to somebody else who doesn't want to hear me address it. Right? There's that. And then the next thing is that, man, how can we complain when, for example, I'm speaking to a a camera that's over $200 on a, on a, on a brand new, monitor running a custom built pc how could i complain about anything at this point this is something that i had i had i had asserted in in a couple of podcasts in the earlier days that we are so rich man we're so blessed as people your situation is probably so good that to complain about anything is sort of ridiculous I can't complain. Literally, I can't. There's nothing that I could complain about. Even the things in my life that I deem as issues, whether it be personal or or otherwise, I'm like, yeah, most of those are either my fault or completely out of my control. How am I going to complain about that? You can't complain about that. And you shouldn't. You should be trying to increase... The positivity in your life as much as humanly possible. If there is any positivity to be gained from your life, you need to grab onto that. This coming from a guy who indulges his shadow from time to time by listening to risque music, but that doesn't introduce negativity into my life as opposed to. Maybe the darker sides of of the human condition. You know, watch a horror movie or something like that. You're not watching it because, you know, you want to see the world burn. You're watching it because you want to engage the side of yourself that has a fight or flight mechanism. Nothing wrong with that. That can be positive. But to engage the negativity over and over again like that, all you're going to do is dig yourself into a hole. And then you might start to think, like, if you're the kind of person who complains a lot, you also might be the kind of person who doesn't take responsibility for anything. And that is also a problem. If you can't take responsibility for any of the things that have gone wrong in your life, and only the things that have gone right in your life, you're probably going to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Probably. Uh, and you're also going to be a very sour person. I, I think. So, man, think about all the stuff that you have that other people don't have. Think about all of the things that you've experienced that people haven't experienced. And uh, just realize that there's really nothing to complain about, you know? Um, I think we're going to cut it off there for today, guys. I'm making these pike. I used to do like an hour clean every time, but I think that we're going to start doing like 30 to 45 minute bursts as opposed to like full hours, you know, that's the, that's about the amount of time that I would like to talk anyways. Because I have other things that I could talk about, but I really don't want to I really don't want to go into any of that right now. What I need to go do is work on another video for you guys and uh s- study a bit later tonight when I'm watching the fights. Chan Sun Jung and Brian Ortega are going at it. So that is going to be fun to watch. If you guys have questions for me or things that you want me to talk about on this podcast or anything like that, hit the comments, hit my social media. I will talk about those things. I will give you my take on things. If you give me something that you've seen or heard about, In the news, I will do whatever little research I can do and come up with a preliminary opinion on those things. I will do it. I'm not kidding. I love it when you guys, um, what's the word? Participate in discussion with me, with each other. I like that. So, that is that. Combat Addict out.